Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baudanza de Tacchio, and this is Juliano Clay. And it is Wednesday, June the 30th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us for our continued coverage of Euro 2020. The round of 16 is complete. What a round of 16 it was, eh, Jules? Amazing. Probably the best knockout stages in recent memory, considering oh, the sure. Swiss, especially the Swiss-French uh, yeah. game, Spain versus Croatia. Yep. That was probably the most exciting day. And, of course, Arzuri ah, big win there. kept us on the edge of our seats. Yep, against Austria. And... Of course, the other games, but what a round of 16 it was. Yeah, so let's just jump right in. Let's get started. So let's talk about Denmark-Wales. Uh, the Danes, a 4 nothing romp of the Welsh. Uh, what a way to start off the round of 16 here. What did you think of this game? Yeah, Denmark continuing. Back-to-back games with four goals. I think Rob Page from Wales got his tactics wrong. He was looking to exploit Denmark on the wings and, and continue with Gareth Bale out wide and Daniel James the speed merchant, Ramsey yeah. in the number 10 position. I think that was a big mistake. I think Bale should have been dropped into the 10. Ramsey dropped deeper, maybe replacing Morrill in the midfield and maybe Harry Wilson out on the wing with Brooks. Yeah. So I think Rob Page got it wrong, the tactics. Kiefer Moore was completely shut down by uh, Kyer Christensen. No surprise there. Yeah, they the Danish made easy work of it. They made Wales look like a, a league one side and... uh all credit to Wales, they deserve to be there, but in the end, the quality it showed, and and the Danes were a class above. Yeah, they were relentless. Really, have now started to build momentum, and this is why. Looking at their path now, they are realistically a team to be in the semifinal, and uh, just like uh, the Romanista predicted, <laughs> looks like Denmark might be going to the semifinals, but you never know. Because there have been some curveballs in the knockout round. It's just one game. It doesn't matter what you've done in the group stage. All that matters is what you do in the next 90 minutes or 120 minutes or penalties. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, the Italians are at Zuri. 2-1 to one victory over Austria. And uh, a lot of people in the media uh, saying that uh, Italy was lucky to get this. That Austria basically controlled the second half, which they did. I'll give you that. But uh, that this is one thing I heard from one one show is that uh, the referee must not like Cinderella stories, which is why they gave um, – which is why they called Arnaud. Call him out. Call out the guy. Offside. And I'm, it's not from ESPN FC. It's what's his name? Ali Moreno. Ali Moreno. What Complete a, nonsense. What a stupid comment to make. I mean, that's what VAR is for. It's onside or it's offside. It's on, yeah, it's onside or it's offside. Arnautovic took a step too early and he was offside. Yeah. Like that's unfortunately, you know, that's the fine margins when yeah. it comes to this level yeah. in the knockout stages. Yeah. You know, if Austria, yeah, if Arnautovic has the awareness to stay onside and, and put that goal in, yeah, yeah, Italy would probably be in a lot of trouble. We'd yeah. have to see them respond and react. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's what separates the best from the worst is those yeah. fine details. Exactly. The best know to stay on side. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's no coincidence Italy beat Austria. That, no. The Austrians did what we thought they were going to do. They yeah. were 
powerful and, and dominant in both boxes and in, in the Austrian box in our box. And that's how they scored their goal yep. in overtime after they were two nil down. But Mancini got this game 110% correct. Now, I know I was watching, you were watching, of course, Chiesa didn't start. People yeah. are, are now asking for Chiesa to start the next game no. against against Belgium. And, and I agree, no way should Chiesa start. No. The reason why Chiesa works so effectively is because he has been coming off the bench. He's yeah. coming on when legs are tired. Chiesa's main strength is his speed, his tenacity, the way he presses the back line. The second he got on the field in Austria, he, he pressured the goalie, and the goalie made a miss pass right away. Yeah. And they didn't know what hit them. And that's Italy's strength right now. And that's going to be the theme you're going to see for me anyway, explain the round of 16. The teams that stuck to the game plan from the knock, from the uh, group stages into the knockout stages were the successful teams. The teams that maybe caved in and played the players that were on um I don't know if you want to call it that better more form or, or more effective off the bench and started them in the next games, they got knocked out. Yeah. So the managers that stuck to the guns were victorious in this round. And Absolutely. Mancini has to continue this way into the Belgium game. We'll preview that. We'll, yeah, we'll, for sure. But I loved what Mancini did. It worked. Did he leave it too late? He was being questioned because I think it was around yeah. the 80, 80-something minute. Yeah, it was 10 minutes left. The subs came in, but it was effective. It was. And they won because of it. Yeah, it was. And uh, you got to give credit to Leonardo Spinazzola, again, tearing up that left side. The one thing that I would talk about is I don't think Marco Verratti was as effective as, as people thought he would be. Um, what a difference uh, What a difference uh, the midfield became when Locatelli and Pessina did come on. Um, it, w- it was a fantastic change by Mancini. But again, it was... It was the right choice at the right time. I don't think Locatelli and Pessina do what they did if they start this game. Exactly. Right? They were more effective coming off the bench. So I credit Mancini for starting Verratti. I just don't think Verratti did what what we as the fans expected him to do. But he didn't do bad. No, he didn't do bad. The thing is, Verratti will play a better 80 minutes than Locatelli will. That's true. That's, That's why you start a Verratti. That's true. And it's the same thing with Insigne, I think, with Chiesa. Insigne will give you a more solid 70 to 80 minutes than Chiesa yeah. would. But Chiesa will be way more effective. Coming off the bench. Coming off the bench. Yeah. And in a short period of time because of his yeah. speed and his energy. Absolutely. I think that's where you gotta, Absolutely. you got to weigh it out. Absolutely. And you know what? For all the critics out there that are criticizing Italy and saying that we're lucky to be where we are. You know, I just got to say this. Is Italy one of the favorites now marching on to win the tournament? Sure. Hands down. Yeah, I would say they are. But let me tell you something. This is a team that is not built to win now. This is a team that is focusing on winning the World Cup next year and going as far as they can in this tournament. If they pull out and win this, that is phenomenal. It is It is phenomenal. The way the tournament has worked out so far, I expect Italy to be in the final and I would, I want more than anything for them to win this thing. Um, but this team is not built to win. They are, but this mentality is amazing. And people forget too, we don't have Lorenzo Pellegrini in this team, right? We're missing. How many starters are we missing? Lorenzo Pellegrini. We are also missing. Uh, what's his name? Senzi. Yeah, Senzi was knocked out in the middle. Yeah, uh, up top, you know, guys like Moise Kane. Everyone was no, talking no. about Moise Kane. It was, it was, but it was, it was another. It's another name that was dropped. It's not better that he's not there. But Pellegrini. Anybody who thought that Moise Kane should be on this team is an idiot. But Moise Kane, I mean uh, Pellegrini, yeah. and 
Those and are Sanzi were the those two, are two big game players. changers. Those are two game changers. Imagine if you had Pellegrini coming off the bench. Another another midfielder that can score from distance. Exactly, right? Exactly. So, Italian fans, this is something to be... And Davide Calabria, too. too, Yes, Davide Calabria on the right side. That's a huge miss. That's a huge miss. But Di Lorenzo filling in very well. One of the best to do it. He's doing great. And you got to credit, too, when he's been called upon, Rafael Toloi has actually been... Oh, pretty decent. He was solid in the last game. So, Italian fans, this is something to be very excited about. The potential, and this team is young. This core is young. So, I think, though, the Azzurri, the beauty is, if you go through every team in this tournament, the Azzurri lineup, yes, okay, we don't have a a superstar. Maybe Verratti is the closest thing to a superstar we have. But there's no weak link in this team. There really is not a weak link. No. And like you said, with the injuries, and we can bring guys in, and Italy has the depth. Yeah, you can take a guy out from the starting lineup and put a guy from the bench on, yeah. and it's yeah. still going to be a good Italy yeah. team. That's the beauty. Yeah. Like you look at Belgium, France, Portugal. I'd say they got some good depth. But you look at teams like that, Germany, the Dutch. They the Dutch. You take a guy out of their starting lineup, they're hurting big time. They're hurting big time. So this is something to be excited about because we're only going to get better. That's the scary thing. Like we're on the we're on the path of being a juggernaut again. Like top three, top four in the world. Hands hands down. So this is something to enjoy. Enjoy this moment. Just enjoy it because we've waited lo- so long for this. We've waited five years. And you need to credit you need to recredit Roberto Mancini for what he's done with this squad in the three years he's had because he has totally taken this squad from rock bottom to on the on the verge of something special. And what is it, 30-plus games now undefeated? 30-plus games undefeated. So what? We've conceded the goal. It's better that way. Even Gianluigi Donnarumma said, I was relieved when they scored because that is something I don't have to worry about exactly. now. That's one less thing to worry about now. Exactly. Just go out, win the game. That's all that matters now. And can can we say on a side note, Atalanta tied a record for yeah. a single team scoring, you know, being a representative of uh, being the top goal scorers. So yeah. I think four or five they've accumulated. Atalanta's yeah. a team, and, they, and it's four teams tied at that spot. Yeah. So right now, there's still... Still Pasina, Malinowski. Uh, Froiler. And Froiler. So, and that's without strikers. Their strikers are playing in the Copa America, which yeah. is amazing. So... So what does that tell you? Atalanta scoring. <laughs> Atalanta. Serie A, everybody. Yeah. Serie A. That's right. So anyway, do you want to add anything else about this game? You know what? No, I'm just happy that the game went the way it did. Yeah. We faced some adversity, which I like, so we had to dig deep. So finally, we were tested in a way. Obviously, people think the bigger test is coming to Belgium, which we'll talk about in a little bit. whoop de freaking do That's basically how I feel about it. That's a little preview of how we're going to preview the game. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy to be in the, in the quarterfinals. We are where we should be, you know, keep going guys. Enjoy the moments because the, the great times are coming. Yes. And, and Marco, uh, Franco Foda too, with the Austrians. Yeah. You got to give him credit. They played fantastic. He got his tactics bang on. Yeah. That cage worked. Yeah. We were talking about, is he going to go three or four? And they decided to go four. Alaba on the, on the left. Um, and their tactics worked really good. It worked really well, and I think Franco Foda is the perfect manager for this Austrian team right now. 
This is a team we could probably see them in the World Cup. We could. The way they played against yeah. Italy, they should be in the next World Cup. Yeah, this is a team. Hey, they're although there's only fourteen. So are they? Uh, are they the four? One of the fourteen best teams in Europe? They could be. They could take. They could surpass a Ukraine. They could surpass Sweden. a Sweden. Right? Like this is a team that's got potential, and they're they play. Even though they have a superstar, they play a really well, a very well-rounded team game. And I think that's what separates the best from the rest. So credit to Austria. Congratulations on your turnout. You, you all should be very proud that you got this far and you pushed us right to the brink. So congratulations. Let's move on to the next game. Yes. The Dutch game? Yeah. So What did I tell you? No, what I know. Did, you're, what did I tell you? You were right. At the uh, Pukas Arena. Frank de Boer. Netherlands versus Czech Republic. Uh, this is one of the examples I want to show where coaches caved in yep. and guys that were effective off the, off the bench ended up starting a game. And the man in question here was teenager Danielle Malin. Starts this game, created a big moment, missed the breakaway, goalie saves it. I think a minute later, it's down the field. Credit to him, though. Delict. That was a huge yeah, save. Credit, credit, That's yeah, some it was a huge fantastic goalkeeper. save. And the lick gets the red card, and, it, and it's done from there. Juve scum. But my issue with this is when I looked at Frank DeBoer's lineup, I, I lost all confidence in it. They started with two pacey guys up top okay, against a Czech team that's going to sit back. Now That's stuck to their plan. For anybody with half a brain, are you going to pit two fast guys against a team that is going to sit back in front of their 18-yard their box? What's no, the point? Those guys aren't going to have the space to run into so you you play either a big guy lob lob balls into the box or you play guys that are good on their feet quick one two touch passing and are very good with movement daniel malin and the pie from here not those guys they're guys that get the ball like to run at the fences get them behind the fences so the boar i don't understand why he started with those two he mm-hmm. had um weak horse the the big man he started him i believe the first two games and why he changed the tactics, I have no clue. No. Uh, so that was downfall number one. Downfall number two. Yes, the Dutch get a red card. The game's still 0-0. Yep. Czechs have a lot of work to do. How is it possible that the Dutch, their best midfielder, Wijnaldum, only gets 10 passes all game? He only had 10 passes all game. 90 minutes. This is your go-to guy in the midfield. Mm-hmm. 10 passes all game. Embarrassing. So when the Dutch got the red, they completely fell apart. It was it was the epitome of Dutch football. They, When the going gets tough for the Dutch, they always collapse. They do. As far as I've been watching football, that's been the trend for them. They do. And, and it just continued here with Frank de Boer in the Netherlands. No adaptability whatsoever and completely underestimated the, uh, the Czechs who... Yeah. Although are not outstanding, don't have any flash. They stick to their system. They play as a team and they stick to their guns. They exactly. stick to their system. They don't change. And there's the difference between the Czechs and the Dutch. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Don't temper with it. But Frank De Boer, being the manager and the reputation he has, he has to find a way to screw it up. So he did. <laughs> um, plays two guys that are the same up top. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, I don't know if he's ever going to get a, a decent man- managerial job again. 
just given the amount of teams he's destroyed now. Uh, but that on this other side, Czech Republic, holy shit, is he having uh, – Patrick Schick is having a tournament and a half. Four goals, uh, potential golden boot winner, possibly. Um, uh, and, and a shout-out to the Italian players, Antonin Barak. Fantastic, uh, Jakub Yankto off the bench. So there's some there's some city app presence there. This Czech team, they're young, they have a system, and they stick to it. And I give them all the credit in the world for that. And now they've set themselves up for a game against the Danes. So you got the Czechs that are they just they work hard. That's, they just keep that's it simple. It. But the finishes were still nice. They, of course, yeah, of course. So you know that we'll preview that game a little later on. But the Czechs are through to the final eight. And against congratulations Denmark. against Denmark. Next match. Let's do it. Belgium versus Portugal. It was, and, and let me just come At out and say. Stadio Olimpico de la Cartua in Sevilla. What a boring game. <laughs> what a boring game. It was, this game was supposed to be a, a back and forth. What a boring game. My condolences to the Portuguese. Yeah, we really wanted to play you guys. I was cheering for Portugal this game. And you know what? I will say this. Portugal should have won this game. I agree. Portugal's unlucky. That's what I was going to say. For me, Portugal outplayed Belgium. Big time. They. It was just on this day, it just came down to poor finishing by Diego Jota. Yeah. Uh, he had a whole plethora of chances that he shot wide. Yeah. Uncharacteristic for him. But and, you know. And Belgium scored under one shot on net. Yeah. Thorgan Hazard. Beautiful shot for me. It was I know you think shot. the goalie should have yeah, saved. Yeah, I, I think Rui Patricio could have done better as a goalkeeper myself. I know I'm no professional, but just positioning the read looked a little off to me. But I will credit Fernando Santos for this. What? He sucked a lot. He came in and he's like, we're going to suck the life out of the Belgians. And he did. I don't know. He, I think he did. I he, think Fernando he, Santos. He made this game so boring. He I th- did. Uh, he I made think he's this a bad manager. He made this game so boring that the Belgians didn't know what to do. And the one the one thing that didn't go his way is he didn't he didn't he obviously didn't expect the Belgians to score. He had no response once they scored to cuz I want to know why they had no response because Fernando Santos went against everything he stands for. He's a defensive coach and that's how Portugal won is by being defensive in the in yeah. the 2016 and the Nations League, they won pretty much on a defensive system. Now he's gone full offense with Bernardo Silva, Jota, Ronaldo, like three very offensive players that don't track back much. So you're essentially playing with three men down when you have the ball. If you look at the goal, who was the man chasing? Torgan Hazard, Bernardo Silva. He was way out of position on the goal. Uh, and, and that was the difference. I think the, the loss, although... It's tough. It's it's a little bit of everything. Yes, the misses, Fernando Santos, the the lineup, I didn't like it. Especially against a Belgian team, you should respect the firepower they do bring and maybe play a little bit. It's crazy to say play a little bit more defensive because, once again, they only took one shot on net and scored yeah. it. But once they scored, Belgium too didn't go any more for no. them. You know? And Roberto Martinez is another coach I don't think is No, good. he's... He, I'm going to get tactically. Him. I'm going to get him in one second. But the Portuguese, I think they lost this game. That that kid Palinha in the middle of the field. I don't know how the hell this guy got into the team. When you have uh, names on the bench like uh, Dani- uh what's his name again, Danilo Pereira. Mm-hmm. So how Sergio Oliveira is there? How do how do these guys get the bench over this 
Repina kid or whatever his name is. Palinia. I don't. This will be the next European. The next European championship is going to be very different. This is going to be Ronaldo. This is Ronaldo's last yeah. Euro Cup. You would, Fernand, you would think. Who knows? But Fernando Santos has got to go. I think he's holding this team back. Also, why is Ronaldo still taking free kicks when he's one of the worst free kick takers in football history? He's horrendous at free kicks. Let's just call a spade a spade. He scored one free kick in his entire international career major tournaments, and it was because De Gea let it roll through his hands. Ronaldo is a terrible free kick taker, and there's good free kick takers Bruno in this Fernandez. team. Bruno Fernandez, like we said, no confidence given to this guy. Came on, was terrible. Guerrero, who hit the post in the game, he's an excellent free kick taker. But Ronaldo, it's the Ronaldo show, so it's all about him. It is. You live by Ronaldo, you die by Ronaldo. Yeah. And they died by Ronaldo because he couldn't score. Now, to talk about the Belgians, the team that won, Roberto Martinez, I don't know what's wrong in this guy's head. Yes, they won. It was lucky because Portugal didn't uh, score their goals that they should have. Lukaku, if anyone that watched an ounce of City, an ounce of an Inter game, Lukaku was outstanding this year and had his best year ever because he played with a partner. Latara Martinez behind him. Latara Martinez making the runs, dropping deep, allowing Lukaku the space to play one-twos with him, allowing him the space to run into behind the defense. This Einstein here has De Bruyne, who drops deep into the midfield, and Eden Hazard, who really has lost his legs. He doesn't run anymore. He has both of these guys behind Lukaku. And Lukaku's doing all the work on his own, if anyone yeah. saw. And it just it doesn't look good. It doesn't work. Lukaku was completely shut down by Pepe and Diaz. Yes, he had some runs where he looked good and he was muscling guys off. But in the end, it led to nothing. Uh, so I think Roberto Martinez is completely misusing Lukaku. Yeah. Which I think is a huge advantage for us uh, going into the next game. Yep. But uh, my God, Belgium riding their luck with... Yeah. This this cl- this does not this does not look like the number one ranked team in the world. This this doesn't. And the other thing I want to talk about is R- R- Martinez. So you're up one nothing. You got ten fifteen minutes left in the game, and you're you, you're not sitting back. You're you're still going for it. Like you're like you're down, and you're opening up space. You're giving Portugal gaps to exploit you, and it almost backfired. Uh, that I don't understand. I mean, if you're up one nothing in a knockout game and you know Portugal's got to take it to you, why would you not sit this team back? The only thing I can think of is it's either two choices. Either you're A, you're stupid, or B, you know your defense is your weak spot, so you're trying to keep that, pull the wool over everybody's eyes and say, we're going we're gonna to beat you with our offense. That, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't work, and it almost backfired big time. It did. His subs were Carrasco, who refused to run the ball to the corner. Yeah. They had some – there was an instance where Tielemans ran right from the middle. Strange. Past the strikers, past the defensive line, and Carrasco screwed up the pass. And I would have laughed if yeah. Portugal countered and, and scored. Yeah. I think they just missed the net after that run. Yeah. And the big thing, too, with this with this Belgian team is they're not united as a team. It's a bunch of individual players. And, that, and that's what I was going to say. Both of these teams – these aren't teams. These are just individuals coming together. That's it. These th- these two teams, they don't look good. They don't gel. The second someone does a miss pass or takes a shot that misses, everyone's flapping their hands and pointing. Oh, yeah. It's not like Ronaldo. You know when someone misses Ronaldo right away. Looks at the, me. I look at Ronaldo. His reaction. Yeah. This guy's flapping and having a, a tantrum. Having a fit. 
Lukaku, Why didn't you give me the ball? Yeah, Lukaku's the same way. Yeah. Um, it's just th- these, yeah, these teams aren't tight net. It's complete individuals. Everyone wants a spotlight, and it's going to come back to bite them in the ass. But that's the difference between Lukaku as a Belgian international and Lukaku as an Inter player. Ah, he did it. He does it at Inter too. Yeah, though. but at Inter, it's like you said. But at Inter, he's the big boy. He's the big boy. In Belgium, there's a bunch of head chefs there. That's the thing. Too many chefs, not enough sous chefs, right? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, for people to think that Belgium is going to walk through the Italians after go, this game. Go smoke another one. Go, yeah, especially, yeah, go smoke another one. And there's, oh, well, now the, the Bruyne and Hazard are out. That doesn't, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I'm yeah. fired up for that preview. Two big injuries, yeah. But uh, that doesn't make a difference. The Burger King ripping his uh, hamstring. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go get another cheeseburger. <laughs> And uh, De Bruyne get in his ankle. Yeah. Crushed in the midfield. Don't know if it's... Is it broken? Palinha. Nah, or I don't think it's sprain? broken. I just think he sprained it pretty bad. Yeah. But we'll see. We don't know if they're in and out. Right now, they're saying they're out of the lineup. Yeah. It might be a surprise. They're trying to throw a wrench yeah, in So plan. we'll see. Who knows? But, but if they're trying to play mind games with Italians who we strive on strategy and tactics, you guys are nuts. <laughs> like exactly. We're going to be prepared for everything. Exactly. So that's that game. Next game. So next next match on the docket, Croatia Spain. What a game! <laughs> wow, <laughs> what a game! Spain scores, does nothing in the first two games, and then they score ten goals in the next two. <laughs> I said they were going to score a bucket load of goals. They broke. I think they broke Denmark's record. Yep. for back to back games with four goals, they score back to back five goals. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, what a what what a crazy game! And the funny thing is, this game was. In my opinion, all Spain. I don't. Croatia didn't do much in this game. Yeah, for me, Croatia had no business in this game. No, although they scored three, they had no business. They showed well, up Croatia for ten minutes. Yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, the first goal, Unai Simon. That's a. I feel for him as a goalkeeper, Unai Simon. I mean, uh, that's a tough, especially in a game like that. That is that could be confidence crushing, but you got to give him credit for that. Massive two, save. Two yeah. saves. Like, he kept it in the game. So, that is a professional goalkeeper right there. Because any other goalkeeper would have been just been thinking about that horrendous goal. And talking about camaraderie and stuff like that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to another team that shows no, no camaraderie. Yeah. When he made that mistake, the defense and the midfield came back and tapped him on the head. So and Don't said, worry. You know, don't worry about it. And they kept passing the ball back. Yeah. You know, it's like, forget about it. Move on. And there's another team we're going to talk about where they, they don't show no teamwork. We talk about individuals. This team's the epitome of individuality. But uh, Spain just look great as a team. They've yeah. overcome the death threats from Morata. Yeah, and he and, scored. Yeah, and the Spanish media were saying, oh, Morata's not going to start. Morata's going to start. Me and Christian were in the car and I said, no, Morata's starting. Watch. Because yeah. Luis Enrique, that's the type of man he is. Fantastic manager. Yes, and you got to remember, he lost his daughter, yep. so he knows, you know, like you're threatening this guy's kids. You know, he's going to, it's going to hit a, a, oh, for a sure. chords of Luis Enrique. Oh, for sure. And he put his faith in Morata. Morata repaid it tenfold with that beautiful volley goal, I think, which gave Spain the lead, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Spain completely played Croatia off the park. I couldn't believe that they conceded two goals in the last seconds. Yeah. No coincidence. Orsic. Orsic came on. Set up two goals or scored the one, set up the second to tie it. Um, almost played a role, I think. Kramaric, uh, getting robbed by Unai Simon in the beginning yeah. of overtime, and then Spain just 
Went to war. Remembered. We're Spain. Why are we scared of these guys and destroyed them? Yeah. We said Croatia's going to have too much pride to sit back. They refused to sit back, and they got opened up like a can of sardines. Yeah, they did. Um, The Spanish team, watch out for them. They're dangerous. They're no pushover. They're no pushover. They're kind of in the same... I would say they're kind of in the same spot as Italy in that they're they're building towards World Cup Qatar 2022 and then they're going to start growing. So this is Spanish Spanish fans, you should be excited because you're on the brink of something great. Yeah, the only thing going against Spain right now, I'd say, is yes, the defense is conceding too many goals yeah. recently. But, I mean, if they clean that up, yeah. offensively right now, they look like... Oh, yeah. They can score whenever they want. Oh, definitely. They're I, one of those. I teams. got some things to say about Spain's defense, but I'm going to save it for the for the preview. Yeah, yeah. And we, we got to remember, you know, in the group stages, how many chances did Spain miss? Penalties missed. Tons. So Spain, the amount of goals Tons. they could have right now in this tournament is yeah, ridiculous. Exactly. So, so they're looking really good. They are confident bunch now. Very confident. Do you want to say anything else about this game? No, just they Spain deserved this. the The scoreline doesn't say it all. You know, it does. The scoreline makes yeah. it look like Croatia. They had no business. They had no business in this game. No, no. offense to the Croatians. They no were business. lucky to tie this game yeah. 3-3. I think this is now a, a glowing sign that it is time to leave the old guard. You guys made it to the finals in the 2018 World Cup. Time to rebuild, bring in your young guns, and start building from the And look at who, look at who was the worst player on the field was, too. Yeah. Brozovic. Uh, what a Can't surprise. Can't stand him as an Inter fan. No offense to him, but... He's not, he's not world class. Well, there you go. Let's move they, on. They miss Rakitic big time. Big time. Let's move on to arguably the most exciting game in the round of sixteen. Yes. No, I, it's, there's no debate about it. This was the most exciting game in the round of sixteen. Suisse, oh Suisse, Suisse, take out the French. No, we said it. we we tipped France to win, but at the end of the day, we said it would be close yeah. and it was going to go into overtime. Yeah. And if anybody was going to have to do something, it's Seferovic. Yeah. He scored two, two headers, goals. Two clutch headers. This, was, this is another team oh, where the subs it. made the difference. Talk about great coaching. Pekovic and Babu, he brought on on the right back for... Uh, for uh, Weidmer. For Weimer. What an impact he had. Yeah. The impact of Xhaka was unreal. Mario Gravanovic. Just this team... They had the game of their life. Had the game of their life. France. Now, France, I'd say, didn't play terrible. They had to make some changes. A lot of injuries left back. So they brought Rabiot. First of all, let's so let's say the formation. They switched the formation for four men at the back to three men at the back. Rabiot was playing as a left wing back. A lot of question marks there from everybody. The French media couldn't believe that. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Qu'est-ce que c'est? <laughs> and... Uh, Let's just say he didn't look good. No, there. Uh, Pogba played outstanding, but at the same time was uh-huh. a but at the same time was a big hot dog on the ball. Uh, big reason why the third goal went in, and Conte was invisible. It was the potential Ballon d'Or winner if France made a run. I think where the game changed the most, though, for me was when, uh, and we mentioned it, when the man Antoine Griezmann was taken off. I know it was the 80th minute. He is the defensive presence starting from the top. Like I said, he had the most tackles out of any forward at 100% rate as well. So he never had one missed tackle. Griezmann wasn't scored as many goals this tournament, but he was doing everything up top to set the defensive presence because 
this team defensively was a shambles. Uh, and Griezmann was a big part of the defensive game. And when he came off, the whole middle opened up. Uh, and, and I think that's why Swiss ended up scoring that third goal. Pogba is one of those players. He doesn't, he's not able to play a full 90 minutes, full concentration. He, yeah. he goes in and out of games and his out of games are terrible. He does a lot of, he does amazing things like the goal. The, yeah, third goal was a rocket. The, the Hollywood passes, they were unbelievable. The long balls. But then he does the most stupidest shit. Like, the, he does, he did a dribble on the sidelines, lost the ball. It was a Swiss, I think, throw, and then they scored, but it was disallowed. Gravanovic, this right. off offside. So Pogba was involved there. And then he does it again, dribbling in the midfield with four guys around him, gets the ball taken off his feet, and then they go score. Uh, so Pogba at fault for this to the point where. There was a big argument in the stands between the French uh, parents, parents, Rabiot's mom, um, Mbappe's father, and, and I think Pogba's the, brother. Pogba's brother, whole family. They're all fighting each other. So that goes to show you this team is a disaster. And one thing, I'm going to let Christian hit the mic here on this game. One player I didn't hear one ounce of criticism towards, and I think he's the most trash defender ever, Kimpembe. <laughs> PSG, I think this guy is stealing a living. As a center back, he's yeah. lucky to be playing for PSG. I think this guy is just absolute garbage. And I watched him. I, I had laser focus on him, and he was at fault for the last goal, at fault for many of the goals. He was worse than Longley this game. And Longley is the defender that got subbed out, I think, at half. Kimpembe, terrible. I, I suggest anyone to, if you watch this game, watch his performance. This guy is a major reason as to why France got eliminated this game. Well said. Well, so my thoughts on this game. So when the Swiss went up, I, I lost my mind. I, mean, I couldn't believe they went up. They had a chance to go up 2 nothing. The only thing, tactically, Petkovic, I do not understand why <laughs> Rodriguez is taking the penalty. Uh, when you have you have Chaka, you have Shakiri, Seferovic. the goal. Uh, I just I, I don't I don't understand the logic behind Rodriguez because we said I think in the preview that the the weakest part of the Swiss is that left side Rodriguez who played who we've seen all season for Torino who barely survived uh, who who barely saved themselves from relegation uh, in Serie A and uh, and he missed his three previous penalties if I'm not mistaken yeah. So I don't understand why Rodriguez is on the ball for that, but credit Hugo Lloris. He started something big, big save, and then two minutes later, it's 2-1 to one France, two cutting Benzema goals, and then Pogba score, scores that rocket. Game should be done. You're the World Cup champions. You're up 3-1 to one in the Swiss. You just totally sucked the life out of them. Game, you should be done. But here's where it changed for me. France thought it was done. They stopped playing. The arrogance. Arrogant, big time arrogance. That's what separates elite teams from the rest. Elite teams don't have that arrogance. They go in and they play hard until the final whistle blows. The French absolutely stopped playing, and the Swiss made an incredible comeback with uh, Seferovic and Jovanovic goals. Uh, and yeah, there were crazy subs by uh, by Petkovic. Credit to him. Switzerland. No superstars in this in this squad played a fantastic team game. They were going to sit back. They were going to soak it in, and they got three goals out of it, which was crazy. 
Uh, it's their first win since I think the 40s, so it's a, it's a huge knockout win for them. But uh, I guess all the Arsenal fans are like, who was who's this guy, Granite Chaka? We've never seen this guy before. Chaka had the game of his life on the brink of joining Roma, so Benvenuti with friggin' open arms. If you can do that for the Swiss, oh, I can't wait to see what you do for Roma. I mean, Chaka plays a very tactic, a, a, tact, a different position tactically for Switzerland, which is his strength, which is that holding defensive midfield presence where he's a solid... And he's more direct. Yes. Whereas Arsenal, I don't know why, they expect like a little offensive flair from him. That's not Chaka. Chaka doesn't do that. So Chaka playing to his strengths, he is going to be missed in the quarterfinal game. That is a huge shame. That is a huge loss for the Swiss. But don't... I, I wouldn't count these guys out. Um, the thing for me that I loved more than anything is the guy who missed the penalty for France. Because... Kylian Mbappe is one of the most arrogant, arrogant players on the planet who thinks he's the he he's God's gift to football. And he really is not. He did nothing in this tournament. Okay? Nothing. World class, but didn't score a goal. Didn't score a not goal. Not even a penalty. No, I shot. think he scored against Hungary, didn't he? He didn't score a goal. Okay. Well, did nothing in this tournament. And he got what he deserved. He's the he's the reason France are out here. Well, he's one of the reasons. Not not the reason, but uh, that arrogance. Here is a guy, Kylian Mbappe, who's got so much promise. He's very young. He can turn it around. His biggest downfall is his arrogance. And his, it, it, it's got to stop. Put in your time. Yes, you, you make the big box with PSG. You're, you're, you're considered a superstar by many on the cover of FIFA 21. I get it. You let the starlight get to you. Get back to football. Football should be number one. That's your bread and butter. Work hard every day on the pitch and just put your head down and go. Don't worry about everything else. I don't. He's he like I said. He's a product of the FIFA generation. Yeah. Terry Henry was fifty times the player he was oh, at his hands age. down. At hands his down. Age. Mbappe is not even close. That's not, a, that's the difference between Terry Henry and Kylian yeah, Mbappe. M- Mbappe, he's not world class yet. No. He's got a lot to prove still. If you're world class, you're not going a tournament with no goals no. if you're a striker no hands down now and and as well for people that think i'm being harsh on pogba although he like i said he did some outstanding stuff offensively defensively he's terrible pavard his own teammate was on his ass all game yelling at him to increase his effort pissed because he was yeah. too show-offy yeah this is his own teammate so I, it's I not was, just me blowing no, hot air here no and the thing if you want to compare this french team for the net for the last three years compared to that dynasty from 98 to 2002 that won the world cup in 98 and 2000 what's the difference the difference is there wasn't that arrogance no you there had wasn't you had a young mbappe who had milk on his chin still so he was going to listen to the leaders in the change room who? now mbappe mbappe oh yeah in the 2018 world 2018, cup 2018 yes he was a kid he wasn't one of the big sh- no. shots in the chin now this year he was a big shot yeah so no but leadership my difference is you got a young david trezeguet a young Thierry Henry. oh you're talking about that team 98 oh, but look still at the still kept their head down look at the defenders but they there was no individual players here i mean you had zinedine zidane you had jerkayef you had all these yes, guys but you had you had role model leaders exactly like you said zidane jerkayef taram desai petit petit these guys and Deschamps, the coach yeah. You had leaders in the change room. Henri and Trezeguet were teenagers when they were brought onto the stage. Yeah. 
but they didn't show. Yes, Henri's always had a little bit of arrogance, but the guy knew when to put his what? head down and work. That's right. Mbappe doesn't. The second he missed that shot and he faked, oh, my ankle hurts. Oh, yeah. Remember when he feigned injury because yeah. he missed it now with his, with his uh, yeah. left foot? I knew right then, this guy's done. He's yeah. finished. His game is over. And uh, that's, yeah, Mbappe, young still, he can change it around. But to talk about the past with France when they won 2018 in the World Cup, the major difference between that team and this team is, yes, they had a left back in Lucas Hernandez, but a big piece missing in the midfield, which was a huge defensive presence that has been overlooked. And, you know, maybe now people can say what an important player he was, was Blaise Matuidi, how essential he was to that French team. That guy did the running for Mbappe when he was part That's of right. the, the French team. Matuidi ran for two guys. This team didn't have that. And Golo Kante can't do it on his own. So he was spread too thin, invisible. Pogba's not running for nobody. <laughs> no. Griezmann, you <laughs> took away his offensive ability to, to play defense, to yeah. give guys like Benzema, who did an all right job, but nothing defensively. Uh, it allowed Mbappe freedom to play up top, but the defensive presence in the midfield was gone. The mm-hmm. hard work. And that's why I said France can be overrun with hard work in the midfield. And that is exactly what the Swiss did. And they went right for the jugular. They attacked their weak defense, the overrated Kempembe. Rabiot on the left was Mbabu destroyed him. Uh, The the only legit French defender was Varane. He's it. That was it. After that, this team had no defense. Yeah. Well, quick question for you. Is this Hugo Lloris' last tournament? I'd say so. You have Magnan going to Milan. Like Magnan. Oh, One this guy. Game. Holy cow. If this this guy should be the starter going yeah, forward for Hugo. France. Thank you for everything you've Ugo. done. Hugo yeah. should hang up the gloves. and Don't. Yeah. If there's one thing Deschamps should do, do not hang on to this goalkeeper as long as we hung on to Buffon. It is time to bring up the next generation. And Mike Magnan, who is the new starter for AC Milan, look out for this yeah, guy. And, you know, and Lloris played good. He stopped the penalty. No, he he kept his team in. He did, but it's it's it the the one it's thing. It's time to move it's on. It's time to move on. That's that's what I gotta say about that. So congratulations to the Swiss. I know. Don't count the guy. Don't count the Swiss out. I, that's all I gotta say. Don't count the Swiss out. They'll be playing Spain next. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. But listen, if the Swiss go all the way, they will have gone through a freaking mountain to get to the finals over and, a big Toblerone. Yeah, <laughs> and they will have deserved to be rightly so to, yeah. to win this thing if yeah. they go all the way. Let's move on to the final two games. Let's talk about the English at Wembley Stadium. It's coming home. It's yeah. Listen, we both tipped England. England's got some fantastic talent, and uh, I, the one person I got to give credit to is Gareth Southgate, sticking to his guns with this squad. And that's what we've been saying: sticking to the guns. Is the most important. People calling for Jack Grealish to start the game. Mm -mm. You got to bench, you know, certain players. But the most prominent name being brought, you got to play Jack Grealish. He's the defense. He's the the difference maker. Play Jack Grealish. Yes, he comes on, and England woke up. But at the same time, England was able to wear out Germany and give him the platform to perform. Because I feel like just like if Chiesa was the start. Jack Grealish was to start, they'd be nullified. They would be. Because when you have a fresh defender going up up against you, it's it's different as opposed to a guy at 50% capacity. You're going to yeah. shine more. Absolutely. You know, it just makes sense. Yeah. But. 
Yeah, uh, big two nothing victory. They haven't conceded a goal yet. Uh, Set a record. So, yeah, four clean sheets. Four you know when the last time it was done? England did it. Nineteen sixty six. Uh, well, they won the World Cup the last time. There you go. So is it coming home or is it not coming home? We they, don't know yet. And they broke another record. Their first ever Euro win in the knockout stages in 90 minutes. Wow. For England. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, England could be on the brink of something special here. Pickford, fantastic in between the sticks. Some massive saves there. And... Uh, I don't understand the English media still saying, well, we wanted to smash the Germans and beat them 5-6-0. No, no, no. The, the objective is to win the tournament. The objective is to win game after game. doesn't matter if you win a game by a goal or five goals. Just win the bloody game. And that's Gareth Southgate's mentality is we're just going to go out there. We're going to win the game. We're going to grind them down, and we're going to win the game. And, hey, the tactics are working, so I have to give Gareth Southgate credit. He he overcame a demon. He, uh, he, he, he took out Germany. And no discredit to England. Yes, this is probably one of the worst German squads we've seen in our, in our generation. But at the same time, this is still Germany. There were still some amazing pieces there. Some Bayern Munich players that were... And the English never beat the Germans. That's right. Now, this will we'll talk about it in the preview, but now... So England is now leaving their home fortress of Wembley and going to the Stadio Olimpico in Rome to play their quarterfinal matchup, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So how are they going to react to that? Um, but overall, just talking about this game, fantastic performance. Thomas Muller... That's all. Talk, this is where we're going to talk about luck and moments. So, if Thomas Muller scores that, it's a complete different game. Yeah, for and, sure. And that's where you need, at the end of the day, you need luck. Mm-hmm. You do need luck. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Muller is another guy, never scored in a European Championship, yeah. believe it or not. And he had the best chance of his life, of his European Championship career, and he missed it. Well, his European Championship career is over now. And now it's done. Um, Maybe Hansi Flick brings him back. I mean, he's not that. No. He's still early 30s. Feels Thomas, like he's he still has a lot forever. to give. But uh, that's what it comes down to, luck. You need luck at the end of the day. But you also you have to set up your team correct. And I yeah. think Gareth Southgate, like you said, got that bang on. He played the guys that were supposed to play, stuck to his guns with Sterling, who wasn't supposed to start this tournament, especially after what happened with Pep Guardiola towards the end of the season. Harry Kane, he stuck with him, finally got his goal. People asking for Kane to be dropped. And now you got a Harry Kane who's feeling good. Scored, scored his goal. Let's see what he does. Yeah. Saka continued. He played. Jack Grealish came on, made the difference. But Saka provides a better two-way game, which is why he starts. Uh, Luke Shaw was fabulous. Declan Rice, outstanding. And the defense, Maguire getting the start, was uh, probably the man of the match. So England, outstanding. Not flashy, but nope. got the job done. Got Something the job they done. haven't been able to do. Yeah. Every other manager before always caves in, tries to fit all the superstars in, and never that's works. Right. So that's why Gareth Southgate, you got to give him credit. Yep. Yogi Lo, on the other hand. Ciao, buddy. He's gone last tournament. Uh, I think he got the he got the tactics wrong. Kimmich, for me, one of the best midfielders. I don't know why he continues to play him on the periphery. Your best players have to be in the spine of your team. Never understood it. Get a guy that can run up and down the line. Why are you wasting Kimmich on the line? No idea. Uh, and also Timo Werner too. I don't rate him highly as a striker, but 
he has a, a part to play. He's very similar for me to Chiro Immobile. He's a guy that runs in a space and gets him behind. Sure. And he can score goals. He's trying to play him in a possession-style formation. Doesn't work. Timo doesn't fit that. Uh, so wasted there. Hi, Havertz. Kai Havertz, sorry. He, again, I mean, he dropped more deep into the midfield. So he did yeah. a roll. But again, he's not, for me, convincing. Maybe too young still. And Serge Gnabry ineffective. So this German team had no goal scorers. No. Yogi, I think the pieces are there for Germany, but Yogi Lowe got it wrong from day one. He did. But Germany going into a rebuild now. Hansi Flick coming in. Watch out for these guys in a couple of years. Yeah. They're going to be scary. Uh, so congratulations to England. You move on. Let's finish off the round of 16 with Ukraine and Sweden. Yes. Ukraine. Ukraine, take- Ukraine had to thank Sweden for getting into the round of 16. Yeah. And then this, and then they smacked the Ukrainian, saying, "Thank." I mean, the Swedish, "Thank you for getting us in. See you later." See you later. So the Ukraine uh, winning two to one um, after extra time. So crazy. They were two minutes away from penalties and crazy pass in from Zinchenko, and uh, Andrei Shevchenko has brought this Ukrainian team to the quarterfinals and has set themselves up with a lovely date with the English at the Stadio Olimpico in La Roma uh, on, I believe, Saturday. And, you know, good for them. They're happy to be there. And uh, clearly, this is a team punching above its weight, uh, just sneaking in by the skin of their teeth into the round of 16. And now look at them. They're in the quarterfinals. Yeah, Ukraine not playing great. Once again, luck not on Sweden's side. Hit the post twice. Forsberg was amazing in this game. Unlucky not to score a brace. And and the coach, Jan Olaf Anderson, again, caving in, going away from the strategy. Kulusevski came off the bench in the previous game, got two assists against Poland. This time he decides to start with Kulusevski, completely erased out of the game, ineffective. So he should have stuck with Marcus Berg up top. Save Kulusevski, bring him in when he can bring in the flare when the legs get tired. Why he stepped away from the game plan, I don't know. And Sweden paid the price, although they did hit the post a couple of times. Ukraine, you got to give them credit. They know. They're lucky to be there. They're there because of a late Sweden goal against Poland. They're just happy to be there now. And I think the Swede, or the Ukrainians are going to be playing carefree and are going to be handful for any team that comes up against them if they can get through England. Um, so big win from the Ukrainians. Right at the death. And Shevchenko... Gets to head back to Italy, hoping for the Italians to be on his side. And that concluded the round of 16. So we'll just give our quick predictions. Won't do too much, you know, crazy analysis preview because we never know what the lineups are going to be. But no, we'll start with Belgium, Italy. What do we yeah, think? Yeah, so uh, to me, I think uh, I, I got to give my hats off to our Zerdi here. I just think Belgium... They're, they're a team of individuals going up against a team that no real standout player. Just they play a really solid team game, and uh, I, I'm just I just think it's it's written in the stars for us. I, I'm not worried about this Belgium team. I mean, we beat the same Belgium team in 2016 with arguably our worst Italian team ever. Um, so I'm feeling pretty confident about this game. So for me, I'm taking Italy to win this game. How about yourself? I'm taking Italy win this, especially if De Bruyne and uh, Hazard are out. I mean, Italy it should be an easy win. It should be. 
Like you said, we beat them with one of our worst Italian teams ever, their golden generation. I think Roberto Martinez, too, as a tactician, isn't the greatest. I think he's going to isolate Kaku, <laughs> Kaku Lukaku. And I think uh, Chiellini, if he does start a Cerbi Bonucci, whoever it is, Bastoni, they'll be able to shut him right down. I'm not worried about that. So for me, Italy win. All right, let's move on to the next game. That is... Next game is going to be Swiss-Spain. Oh, that's right. Uh, so Switzerland and pl- playing Spain. Switzerland coming off a massive win, missing a huge piece, missing their captain, Granit Chaka for this game. Uh, going up against a Spanish team that seems to have found their scoring touch. What do you think is going to happen in this game? It's hard to say the Swiss aren't going to be able to do it now, especially after what they did to France. The belief yeah. is going to be sky high. You know, the Swiss, I'm almost tempted to say they will beat Spain. For me, it was going to be a France-Spain final uh, if Spain was on the other bracket, of course. But I can't imagine the Swiss doing this back-to-back to two tournament favorites and missing your captain, Jaka. If they do it, the Swiss are going to win this tournament. Yeah, no, <laughs> so Spain, Spain for me has to win. Has yeah. to win. No, I agree with you. I think Spain has to win this game, and yeah, if Switzerland wins this game, they more than deserve to win this championship. And the or Spain, the Spain aren't the French. Sorry. The Spain yeah. are not the French. There's more camaraderie. They're going to work as a team, and not implode like the French did. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we're both trying to take Spain there. Let's move on to the next game. Ukraine, England. Ukraine, England at the Stadio Olimpico in La Roma. I'm hands down. Everything, all the signs point to England. Um, to win this game. I will say this, don't count the Ukrainians out. They can pulse a rabbit out of the hat. Uh, they have been uh, showing some pretty interesting form in World Cup qualification. Uh, started out of the gate really slow uh, in the Euros here, but uh, I wouldn't count them out. But for me, I just think England is just a class above them. Same. England, hands down, I think Air Southgate has a fine-tune machine here, so England to win. Yeah. And then the final game, Denmark, Denmark Czech Republic. Wow. Um, to me, uh, I have Denmark in the semifinals. I just think Denmark should have the quality. They are, they do have more game changers in their squad and are playing a united as a united front, um, going up against a Czech Republic team that is doesn't have any superstars but is playing on a united front. So for me, I just think the fact that the Danes have a little more class in terms of players, the Danes are going to win this game. How about yourself? Yeah, for me, the Danes have to be the favorite. Of course, the Czechs always have a chance. They've shown it. They beat the Dutch. They've you know gone toe-to-toe with Croatia and uh, England, although you know they get results in every game. But I think that is going to be the difference. Uh, the Danes just have class players in each in each you know, position in each uh, position on the field, mid, defense, goalie, maybe lacking it in the forward position. But if Dolberg plays the way he did against Wales, they have a striker now too. Uh, Yusuf Poulsen comes back too. You have two strikers that are on pretty decent form. So I think the Danes just have that little bit of quality that and imagination that the Czechs are missing. Um, therefore, I will, just like Christian, give it to the Danes. Anyway... That That wraps wraps up up the show. That wraps up the show. Enjoy the quarterfinals. We'll be back for the semis. Until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi.